Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Show me the money! I need to feel you, Jerry! Show me the money! Jerry, you better yell! Show me the money! We like, like the juice. Juice, yeah. juice is the juice good. Very good. So good. The Cashin' Out Podcast is back. Anthony Rothman, Moneyline, Mark, and Scotty Vegas, and we are talking Ohio State, Penn State. Gosh, you know, it was it's funny because it's like there's three games on the schedule you, you really circled. Notre Dame, you got through that one. Then you've got Penn State and obviously Michigan down the line. Now you could throw in, who knows, maybe at Wisconsin's going to be a little tricky, but I wouldn't think so. But, guys, this this matchup is going to be so much fun. And I, I don't know how – I want to get your guys' thoughts percentage-wise on uh, how confident you are that Ohio State wins this game. Because for me, I'm not much more than about 50 – maybe 55, 45 that Ohio State wins. But to me, it's close. Anthony? So it's one of those things that prior to this week, I felt like Penn State could come in here and win. Now that I've watched them – I feel like, and I've said this on my show, the there's nothing specifically that scares me about Penn State, and that's probably what scares me the most, is they don't have a Jahan Dotson. There's no Deshaun Hamilton. There's no guy that on their team I say, oh, wow. Now, collectively, they may be better than their schedule says they are. Like, all I can see is what they do on the field versus this schedule if they can, the engine, Scotty, that's supposed to make them go, the engine, is their running backs. And they haven't hit on any big home runs against this schedule. That has surprised me. They've comboed them up. There's no big runs over 30 yards. There's not like Singleton and Allen were supposed to be, my goodness, this is the best running back tandem in the country, and they are going to just fundamentally truck people. And while some of their games have, have acted that way because of their schedule, I can't get a firm grasp on it. Maybe their best one is dropping 31 on Iowa. Uh, I don't know how many short fields they got and all that. Well, putting that on that defense does open my eyes a little bit. But I've watched interviews with Drew Aller, man. He's a talent, but he's 19 years old. And the best thing he's got going for him is a defense and a running game. And this isn't a night game. Like, if they brought him in here at night, I think that might be an issue. Yeah. Um, What's your percentage? My percentage of confidence in Ohio State winning? Yep, it's it's above yours. It's okay. probably it's probably sixty percent. Okay, yeah. So based on the betting line, Mark, the uh, implied percentage based on the line on the money line is Ohio State has a sixty five percent chance to win. I'm at about fifty two to to fifty five. Anthony, you're at sixty. Where are you, Mark? I'm about seventy five. Yeah. I'm even higher than than the the betting odds mm-hmm. just you know part of it's probably I'm a bit of a homer but I also think that them coming into the shoe is just going to be difficult you know the best games we have with them have been previously the night games and you know there's been some some real nail biters you know over in Happy Valley too so it's those night games have been pretty wild um but to your point about the young young player and uh you know, day game, I think the lights aren't going to be quite as big, but that's right. still quite an environment to come into. Um, so I, I'm pretty confident in the Bucks. If they can run the ball, Penn State, they can run it effectively, 
then I think they're in the game for four quarters. I also have a funny feeling that this spread at four and a half, it's already across the key number. So they're they're telling you that we'd like you to take Penn State. It's supposed to be a low-scoring game. Why wouldn't I take the points? And it's not two and a half. It's four and a half. That's a pretty big key. And it's also a big tell for me that Vegas and these books are saying that the most of the money, the handle coming in Ohio State. I almost feel like, and I'll ask you guys this question, the spread isn't coming into play, that either Penn State wins outright or Ohio State covers. And I think most people are taking the points because they feel like Penn State could win. I don't know if they will win, but I feel more comfy having four and a half. And I think Vegas is trying to lure you into that trap. Now, so I think the value bets are, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, the value bets are take Ohio State, lay the four and a half, or take Penn State to win on the money line. I agree with that. Yeah, that that makes uh, makes sense to me. Now, I will say all the history kind of points to Ohio State winning this game. Look, Ryan Day has led Ohio State to a 35-0 and record against teams in the Big Ten not named Michigan. 35-0 and against teams in the Big Ten not named Michigan. That's crazy. And, and look at James Franklin. It's the opposite with him. He is 4-14 and against Ohio State and Michigan. Just James Franklin's been awful. Ohio State's won the last six games between the two. They haven't covered, by the way. Only one time yeah. have they covered in the last six. But that, that to me is scare wild. me. Yeah. Because Penn State is 6-0 and against the spread this year, and maybe they should against that schedule, but I'm sure they were laying some big lumber. And Ohio State's what? 3-2-1 uh, or 2-2-1? Two, two what, what what are they against the spread right now? 3-2-1? Oh, 3-2-1, yeah. 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 Push against Notre Dame. So here's the other thing that the three of us don't know as we're talking. Abuka, Trayvon Henderson, Chip Traynham, yeah. Denzel Burke, now, my gut is that Burke's going to play. We haven't heard a lot about his injury. He's probably the more mystery one. Travion's been dealing with something for a while. You'd think if he was going to be right, he would have been right. Or are they saving him for this game and not chancing that last game against Purdue because you needed Abuka seems like that's very iffy with that foot. Like, that seems very iffy. So, if I mean, if they were 100% healthy, I don't know what this, if the number would be a little higher. I don't know. Is Vegas taking into account those four guys may not be available? Yeah, that's a, that's a great call as far as the injuries. And and Mark, I want to bring, I have a, I have a theory and I want to see if you think that you agree with this. I think if Ohio state were to knock off Penn state, that they, the rest of the way should very sparingly play Marvin Harrison, uh, a Mecca Travion until the Michigan game. I mean, just, just, you know, not a ton sit them out for games. Cause I don't see Ohio state losing. If they beat Penn state, I don't see them losing uh, before Michigan. So to me, I wouldn't mind seeing guys sit out multiple games. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Mark, is that stupid? It was as a former athlete. You don't love it. You know, you want to play. Um, and hearing that is kind of, you know, you look at load, I mean, not to go too far down a rabbit hole, you look at load management and stuff like that. It's just like unfortunate for the fans, but it's a smart play. But I also think reps are important. So I think if they do it right, I agree with you. I think they just have to, you know, when they get to a blowout situation, then I think they rest those players. But I do think that rhythm, especially with McCord, you know, still kind of getting his footing under him. I think that rhythm is important. So I think they should, still play, but they don't need to play the whole game, especially if they get into a blowout. 
yeah, uncomfortable leave. Yeah, I mean, if they're injured, they won't play. And if, if out of precaution, they may hold them out. But now they're playing them. They want to play. They'll probably need to keep that chemistry you're talking about and the sharpness and the growth of the team. You're not shutting guys down. How would you present that to the media and the fans? Um, it would It would have a really bad look, even though – I understand where Scott's going with this and that you want to be careful with your big stars, but you know that whole drill. The, the more you're careful, the more it kind of becomes a distraction, and then it just you play your guys if they're healthy to play, and you and you go, and you try to grow this thing and build as good of a team as you can to get to Michigan and feel great about it. If one of those guys were dinged up, you know, the week before Michigan, and you want to hold them out against Minnesota, that's perfectly acceptable, but – now, I think if you win this game, uh, you never know where a trap could be. I understand what Scott's saying. There's nothing on that schedule that would scare you, especially now that Wisconsin's lost their quarterback. I know people thought that if they beat Penn State, they'd be riding a high of emotion, and the trap game would be at Madison at night, presumably, the next week. Um, so that would be something to guard against because everyone wants to beat Ohio State, but none of these teams have the capability outside of maybe Michigan or Wisconsin on the greatest day that they could possibly have. But um, here we are with Ohio State, the second biggest hurdle on their schedule. They got the half a yard against Notre Dame. That was the key to the whole psychological narrative of this team. I can't imagine what what this team might have become if they lost to Notre Dame. Who knows? But uh, here they are, thinking big thoughts. Every advantage they have, home advantage. McCord's got the the bigger game. They're more battle-tested because they played Notre Dame. The one thing we just don't know is how fundamentally solid Penn State is across the board. And those DNs, if they wreak havoc against Ohio State's offensive line, Scotty, and that's the real that's where this game gets a little off for me. If they can goad Kyle McCord into making a big mistake, that's the only way I think they can win the game. But uh they have the possibility to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. It's score prediction time. You and I last week, uh, Anthony, we went with 31-10, and we even placed a bet on it. 41-7. It's not like we were. It wasn't too crazy. Yeah, it wasn't too good. The under came through, which I had bet the under. Yeah. Thanks to the Purdue kicker. I'll send him a little and, a finder's fee yeah. on that. <laughs> and, of course, two <laughs> weeks ago, Mark, uh, you basically hit the number. You were, one, I think, one point off of Ohio State's number, and that was against uh, Maryland. So that was unbelievable. So, all right, let's give our score predictions, and we're going to start with Moneyline Mark. All right, I'm going to go with Ohio State 24 over Penn State 20, so 44 total points, and I'll take uh, Harrison for first TD. Okay, so not covering and, cover. and under. Non-cover. Yeah. Okay. By the way, the implied score based on the spread is 25-20. So, I mean, you're basically saying that the spread is going to be pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. What is the over-under right now? 45 and a half? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Um, it feels like kind of one of those classic uh, battles where maybe Penn State has the ball at the end to try to force a tying touchdown kind of thing. Um, the number that jumps out in my head is like a very classic number, like a 24-17, where they both have touchdowns. They both get a field goal out of it. And 24-17 would take me to an under as well. Okay. 24-17. So you have Ohio State covering, but staying under. Um, initially I thought under as well, because when you look at it, Penn state has the number two defense in the country and Ohio state has the number three, as far as 
points allowed. The problem is I throw that out because of Penn State's schedule. I don't care how many points a game they're giving up. They're playing teams like UMass and, and Northwestern. It, it just doesn't matter. That, they were, by the way, tied with Northwestern at half. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. stat just doesn't matter that much to me. Uh, I'm actually going to go over. I'm going to say 27-24 mm-hmm. Ohio State. But, guys, I, I am nervous. I, I really am nervous for the game. As, as far as first touchdown, boy, it's risky to even say this, but I think Travion is going to play. And so I will go with uh, Travion Henderson for first touchdown. And I know that, Mark, you went with uh, Marvin. Did you give a first touchdown, Anthony? I did not yet. I'll uh, Since you guys picked those guys, I'll probably – Boy, I could go with Fleming or Hayden, right? I could play the Stover. How about I could Stover? play Stover. He's on, been amazing. I could play Stover on a touchdown. I, I don't like going that far. Um, see, I just don't have any intel on train him on whether he's going to go. Hayden's been a yeah. hot hand here. Um, I'll tell you what, just to make it fun, I'll go with Dallin Hayden just Ooh. because uh, we're kind of in that position of not knowing about Trey. And even if he does play, Hayden, I guess, still could get a touchdown. It, it's probably not a great move. I probably should go with one of the receivers. Um, Fleming or Tate uh, might get a shot here. But, all right, so we'll, we'll just go with Hayden. He's the hot hand. Okay. All right, so we all have Ohio State winning. We all have Ohio State winning relatively close within a touchdown in each of our predictions. Uh, I want to switch gears we're going to go to Michigan for a second and then uh, to the NFL for, for a second. So first off the whole Michigan potential scandal that's coming out with the, the stealing signs and uh, this, this guy apparently who is deciphering signals and, and things like that for, for Michigan. I want to get your guys' opinion. First off, is it a big deal? And then second, what's going to come of it? Just kind of a crystal ball this. What what ends up happening to Michigan, if anything? Anthony, you go first on this. Well, it's a massive deal, right? If it's true, it's massive. It seems very uh, so the players and the player allegedly involved is what makes this thing really sing for me. Yeah. This isn't just some random Michigan alum. This was a guy that apparently was hired on to be a staffer for an off-the-field kind of situation. Ex-military. The fact that he has that type of ex-military does feel like he was tasked with this. The question I have is, if he did give up his computer, what's on the computer? Did he record this stuff? Because if he didn't, they're getting away with it. If, If he did it, Um, how did that intel get back to the staff, right? I mean, there's so much. I mean, this team is good. They've got talent. They put guys in the pros. But I look at it this way. I mean, even rich people steal. Like, this isn't isn't just – I can't just say that this is the reason they're good. And I can't also say that that they didn't do it because it happens. They've won 29 of their last, what, 30 – I don't know, is it 32 or 31 games, whatever they've won. Maybe it's better than that. Um, last year, this was mentioned in an athletic article that an anonymous assistant coach thought Michigan had all their signs. So this isn't just a one timer. No, it sounds like it goes back to 2021. So, and the NCAA is all about getting him because he was non-cooperative. They had to self-impose. They self-imposed those three garbage games, East Carolina, UNLV, and then Bowling Green at home. Um, so I feel to answer your question, I think it is a big deal I'm surprised an ex-military guy just didn't destroy his computer or somehow get rid of it if there was anything Maybe on there. Maybe he did. We don't know, right? Well, I mean, it sounds like 
from the article that they'd take his computer. So I, I there may be something on there, but uh, <laughs> the thing you know, the so other funny. thing is, you know, if if, if they do uh, find hard evidence here. Then they're immediately banned from the postseason, and then the committee will not be able to select them. So I, I do think there's potentially a chance for this to be massive. Wow. Okay, Mark, your your thoughts. First off, big deal, not big deal, and then what happens? It's definitely a big deal, and, and what I like to do is compare it to the Astros situation where they won the World Series, and that was bad, but that was in-game sign-stealing. This is more complex because not only was there in game signs or signal stealing going on but there's video and you know doing research and going to these games and then you know allegedly he's been on the sidelines between defensive coaches and things like that like it's pretty massive um so it's definitely not good and where i see it going is i think they will vacate a lot of if they are found guilty of all these things which you know when when there's smoke there's usually fire but um I think they'll they'll have to, you know, ban stuff in the past, which typically no one cares too much about. But in addition to that, I think between that and all the scrutiny Harbaugh's already under, I think he's gone. I think this is it. I mean, he's flirted with the NFL every year for the last couple of years because maybe he, he knew about this and maybe, you know, he tried to get out before it caught up with him along with other things. But I think this might be the, the final thing that gets him out of college into the NFL. That's where I see it going. Well, if this is true, the NFL can't touch him right now then. Like, I, he can't – if this is true, we'll find out before the end of the year. And if it is true and he gets fired, he, he can't just jump to the NFL. They can't just trot him out at a press conference and say, this is our brand-new head coach <laughs> who likes to, to cheat. Like, I, I like they can't do that. So he may be a man without a team for a while. He might be able to deny it for, you know, and then to NFL teams get desperate. He may have to sit out a year, but I, I still see him eventually okay. in the NFL anyway. He might have to sit out a year just depending on – he's already trying to protect himself, saying he had no knowledge of this and all this other stuff, of course. Oh, I agree um, I agree with you that he – if it's not – if there is no hard evidence, he, he would then want to leave yeah. to get out from it. I'm just saying if they find this out before the end of the year, then he's fired and then he's a man without a team. I, I – I, what I don't understand, Mark and, and Scott, maybe you can tell me, this guy who was an analyst with Michigan and volunteered with the program for a while um, but worked as an assistant at Navy, what is his connection with Michigan? So he had family members that apparently attended Michigan, okay. and he moved there specifically to try and get on staff and offer up his skills is is what I read, was that he had family members that attended Michigan. Um is he a super fan before that? I, I have no idea, but he did have the connection of, of family members attending Michigan. Uh, I will tell you, here's my thoughts. First off, I do think it's a big deal. I think it's cheating, and I think they, they absolutely have benefited from it over the last couple of years. But to answer the second part of the question, I think this is going to take so long to investigate, like NCA always takes forever to get anything yep. done. And then I think we're going to be uh, two years from now, we're going to sit here and we're going to say, oh, remember that supposed scandal that happened uh, a couple years back? Because this just happens time and time and time again with the NCA. Look at all the college basketball stuff. Look at the wiretap with, with Sean Miller. Yep. Look at the Bill Self stuff. I, it just takes them so long to do it anything and then years down the line ah, forget about it it was years ago it's done the one thing i would say that would be kind of interesting if this came out of it 
and they did have to give up wins uh, based, you know, over the last couple years. Now, most people say, ah, who cares? It's in the past. You take some wins away. The one thing is Michigan and Michigan fans are so proud of the fact that they have the most wins in NCAA history. If they have to give up wins for the last, let's say it's three years, that's a significant number, and I think we're going to see other teams get very close to that number. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the one thing where normally past punishments don't matter, but in this case it could a little bit, and it could hurt Michigan a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, if that if they're wiping out, you know. Three years of wins. Oh, well, then, then Ohio State vaults to the top or pretty close to it, and then you're right. I mean, it does bring up that part of the equation. I think I don't want to be hypocritical here because I do feel like uh, you know, most programs are like, hey, I saw those games. We won those games. Here's the difference, though. This isn't a recruiting scandal. This Correct. is a scandal that helped you get those wins. Right. So it has a different feel to it than wiping out wins that were for recruiting, even though that's a big part of it, too. If you're if you're cheating and recruiting and you're getting talent, that leads to wins also. But, but like Mark said, you know, the in-game stuff, the advanced scouting stuff, the stealing of signs, that's directly related to winning those football games. And, yeah. Um, it does it does tarnish the whole thing. I, I just feel like it's no coincidence that all of a sudden they're great. Now, being great gets you recruits, but it's too coincidental for them to be this good. I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like where there's smoke, there is fire. It does have that feel to it. Well, they went from really bad, like a really bad place in their program in 2020, to now a really, really good place very quickly, right? I mean, yeah. in 2020, it looked like Harbaugh was on his way out and was going to be fired. That COVID year, they were horrendous. I think they were 2-4, and four, had to cancel the Ohio State game. If they don't cancel that game, they probably lose that game by 50, and Harbaugh's in big trouble. So they turned things around. Potentially, people are going to say they turned things around because of this, because the timing of this is very suspicious. All right, we're running yeah. out of time. I just wanted to one quick thing on the NFL, because last week was such a crazy week. You had the, the Browns, Moneyline Marks Browns pull off the unbelievable upset with a backup quarterback against San Francisco. I do want to ask you guys real quick who you guys think is the best team in the NFL, even after what we saw last week. So one team to win the Super Bowl right now, who would it be? Just one word, no no need for an explanation. Who you taking, Mark? Detroit Lions, baby. Oh, wow. I didn't think you were going there, but they are hot. Anthony. The value is great. I mean, they're 16 to 1 to win at all. The, yeah. the value is there for sure. But if you're going to pin your life to a team right now, it feels like, and this is depending on health, um, it's hard for me not to just keep riding Kansas City somehow. I, I just I want to say Miami, I really do, but I'm fast forwarding my mind to an AFC title game at Arrowhead, Tua versus Mahomes, and I'm like, am I really going to get them through? Um, if that's the case, so I'm going to still reluctantly say Kansas City, even though. I think San Fran at full health is still very scary. Yeah, and I'm going to go with San Fran. So it's funny. The three of us all have three different picks. I'm going to go with uh, the 49ers because despite the fact that they had a a bad week last week, the the, the – the Browns defense is just so good. And then when you had the injury stack up for the 49ers, they still had the chance to win. They just needed a kick to win it. All right, that's it for cashing out this week. We are going to uh, hopefully talk to you next week after a big Buckeye win for Anthony Rothman, Moneyline Mark. I'm Scotty Vegas. This is Cashing Out.